Thank you for listening to the Motion City Church podcast. As we continue in our series, Ghost Stories, we will be in conversation about the presence of the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit ministers into our lives. Let's listen in. Holy Spirit, just shut up in the video again. Oh, if you have a Bible this morning, uh, I invite you to turn to the book of John in the New Testament, the Gospel of John, specifically chapter 14. And uh, man, I, I love, I'm so excited about this series. I, I listened to Nathan's message last week. And, and here's the thing. I give him the hardest one. Like, to, to, to say who is the Holy Spirit. Like, we met, and I'm just like, I think I gave you the most difficult message out of all of these. Because I get to hit on very specific things, but you get to, like, you have the umbrella. And, and, and man, I, I loved your message. I loved your message. I was so encouraged by it. And so thank you. We're kicking off this series so well, but I'm just uh, so excited that we get the opportunity to really dive in to who the Holy Spirit is, and again, it's like, why October, why ghost stories? Well, because I love Halloween. This is the only reason this series is in October, because I love Halloween. Uh, I love Halloween more than I love Christmas, um, and I like Christmas. I'm a fan of Christmas, Jesus, but but there's just something, and I, and I think that when I say that... Um, Oftentimes, it's, it's met with some sort of judgment or weird look. But this is, this is why. And it ties into what we're talking about. When do you have the opportunity for people to come to you? One of the things that we started doing as a family is we started doing, we have candy for children, obviously. And, and, and what we started this thing uh, last year called the Parent Rejuvenation Station. Uh, where we set up coffee and we set up hot chocolate and tea for parents because we are either consistently the last house or the first house. And so we've been needing to give parents coffee to make it home or we need to give them coffee because they're about to start on a candy-grabbing journey. And one of the things that we do, and we view our front lawn, we view our home as, as, as church. We view our home as, and, and what, what, so what sort of opportunity like Halloween do you have where people get to occupy your front yard? And we get the opportunity to just encourage people. Uh, we get the opportunity to just ask, like, hey, where do you live? Where, where, um, where are you from? Where are you going? Are these your kids? And then you get the opportunity to interact with your kid, their kids. And, and it's just an opportunity for us as believers to, to have the opportunity to, to serve and love people well. And hopefully, I mean, at, at, at no point was there ever a, a, do you want to get saved on our front lawn right now? But, um, but what we would love is that as they find out that we love Jesus, maybe there's a perspective shift on what it means to be a Christian. And we believe that the Holy Spirit empowers us to serve people well, to love people well, to love people beyond our even our own capacity to love. And so I was like, man, we haven't really dove directly into who the Holy Spirit is and what the Holy Spirit does. And so I, I had heard about the, the title of this series, and I was like, October, perfect. And so, um, over the entire month, as you're seeing Halloween things go up and you're seeing ghosts in people's windows, uh, maybe it's just a quick little reminder about what, maybe what God's speaking to you of, of last week, hopefully this week, and over the few weeks to come, and it's just so exciting. But, uh, but man, I don't know about any of you, but I grew up in the 90s, um, and, 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 and we started going to a Southern God Church, a Pentecostal church. It was our, my, my first real experience when it came to this whole Pentecostal church movement. And in the 90s, there was such an immense focus on the Holy Spirit. I think that there should still be an immense focus on the Holy Spirit, but it was like, I mean, it was the 90s. 
I think as Christians, we were for what we were for, and we were against what we were against. <laughs> um, if it was uh, he man in the source, we were against it. If it was uh, what would Jesus do for us, we were for it. Like, there was just this enormous gap uh, between what we were for and what we were against. And, and so we started attending this church, and I'm eight years old, and, and we have been a part of a few churches, actually thinking back on my own church history. We were a part of a church plan for a while. Weren't we, Mom? Like, we invented a, a community center, and so maybe that's why we're here, or maybe that just stuck with me or whatever. But, um, but I remember coming across this church, and it was the church I grew up in. I would still consider it my home church. Uh, it's where God really began to uh, develop my heart for ministry, uh, put me under some amazing leaders. Um, but there was just this, um, this thing that happened that I had never either been aware of or noticed before, and it was just this, this sort of otherworldly presence, you know? Um, and so as I like, kind of began, to, began to ask, you know, I, as, as a Christian, as, as an eight-year-old, I was like, okay, I understand God the Father, okay, okay God the Father, he's up there, he's the big one, he's the creator, he's the, okay, I understand God the Son, Jesus, the, the guy on the cross, and died for my sins and this that or whatever and, and, and so but then there's this, there was this other component you know what I mean like there was this other piece so if you're going to have the trinity there has to be three and then there was this third one that I just wasn't grasping or didn't understand yet and it almost became like um, in conversations I would have with other people it was almost like weird cousin Eddie that you didn't talk about at family get togethers you know what I mean like there was this other component that Either people understood way better than me or no one had an understanding of, and all of a sudden I'm kind of grasping, okay, if there's a certain piece, well, this, this person, this, this thing has to be the Holy Spirit, this, 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 uh, this third component. And, and it was amazing as I would watch people engage in, in worship and engage with messages and, and engage during difficult seasons of their life. There was just this something about who they were, something about, uh, who they were tied into and what they were tied into. The man, it seemed like life was going horrible, but there was a joy that existed in them. There was there, there were circumstances that kind of came out of, of nowhere and blindsided them, and there was a confidence within them. Um, it, it was just this. So it was just this piece of of faith that I just didn't tap into yet. And I remember growing up and just kind of thinking, as an eight year old, that's really weird. You know, like this is kind of weird. And, I, and since eight years old to 33 now, I've, I've kind of noticed that as people of faith, we kind of have this, this unique gap between these very extreme pendulum swings when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Now, there's some churches and there's some uh, ministry practice that there's a, a overemphasis on the Holy Spirit. Just a, 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 like, if anything out of the ordinary happens, like, if, if, if a book falls off of a shelf, it's like, I buy that book fall on Spirit in the name of Jesus. And it's like, I'm pretty sure that was grabbing. You know? Uh, like, but there, so there's this huge pendulum swing to one side. Or there's another pendulum swing, which I think is almost more dangerous, which is a very severe underemphasis on the Holy Spirit. So we understand, I can have the understanding of God the Father, I can under, have an understanding of God the Son, but then what do we do with this other guy? And so what, what, what Nathan kicked off last week, and the whole premise of this series once again, is that we would gain a biblical understanding of exactly who the Holy Spirit is. 
and what role he plays in the life of, of, I would say, both unbelievers and believers. And again, I, I don't think I can say it enough, but Nathan, you did such a great job kicking off the series last week and talking about who the Holy Spirit is. It's not an easy undertaking. But this morning, uh, we're going to jump into John chapter 14. And what we're going to look at is specifically the presence of the Holy Spirit. So if you got your tacos, that's what we're going to be looking at. We're going to be looking at the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of God and His power through the Holy Spirit. In John chapter 14, starting in verse 16, we find Jesus in a conversation with His disciples, comforting His disciples, because He's beginning to explain to them that He's about to leave. And, and so as we... This is where we pick up in John chapter 14, and he says, this is what Jesus says. He says, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another counselor to be with you. And he will be with you forever. Verse 17 shows us that indeed the counselor is the Holy Spirit. He calls the counselor the spirit of truth. And then the scripture says that what really relates to me kind of in that eight-year-old moment is, is that the fact that the world cannot accept him. Because it neither sees him nor knows him. And it says, well, let me say, he says, but you know him, for he lives with you. And he will be in you, the counselor, the Holy Spirit. As believers, he's a person to know. And he's going to be, he walks with us and he lives in us. Now, when we look at this word counselor, when we look at it, I think. Once again, Nathan did a great job of explaining the fact that the Holy Spirit is a is a definitive person. It's a the Holy Spirit is a He. We don't relate to the Holy Spirit as an it. We relate to the Holy Spirit as a as a He. And and so when when we talk about this idea that the Holy Spirit is a is a counselor, what that means is it's coming from the Greek word uh, parakletos. It comes from the Greek word parakletos. Uh, and it's the root of two words. The first word being paraclete. It comes from uh, two, two specific words. Para, which means to come alongside. So sometimes uh, we work with min- ministries at Motion City Church that are parachurch ministries that aren't exactly the, the local church that we do, but they work specifically to minister beside the church. They're kind of an extension of the hands and the reach of the local church. And, and we love uh, parachurch para organizations. Sometimes you've heard of a paralegal. Someone who assists the lawyer in the process of, of legal proceedings. And so we've got the word para, which means to come alongside. And we've got the word kletos, which comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means call. And so very literally, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit, is the one who is called alongside of or to be to live inside of the believer of Jesus. Another word that can be the Holy Spirit can be described as an intercessor. The Holy Spirit is the one who intercedes or or prays for you, brings your needs to the Father. He's also a counselor. The Holy Spirit is our advocate before God. He's our comforter. He's our helper. God in spirit form who is called alongside of you. Or inside of you to be your comforter, to be your counselor, to be your intercessor, to be your help, helper, but most very literally to be your friend. When I think about the choice, when I think about Jesus doing ministry on earth, and then 
the gift of the Holy Spirit, if I was to choose, this is just me personally, if I was to choose between Jesus on earth or the Holy Spirit in me, I would most definitely choose Jesus on earth. Because it's like having big brother. You know what I mean? Like It's like having your big brother, silent an older brother of, of one younger brother. And if there was ever a point where my younger brother got into some, some hairy business with some other people, there was always a default that he could go to. And that was me. Because it doesn't matter what my brother does, I can pick on him. I can call him names. I can poke and prod and tease and whatever, but if you do it, then Big Brother's going to get involved. And so there's always kind of that, that concept of, of it's like, well, Jesus is, is still walking with us physically on earth. Then sometimes I think that we can simply just default to, well, Jesus, you just take care of this. But the beauty in which God orchestrates our stories is that Jesus is no longer physically with us on earth, and he empowers us as his believers to, to do ministry, to live life in, with his purpose and in the Holy Spirit's power, which is what we'll talk about next week. But, but there's such an amazing contrast in perspective and purpose and mission because eventually, for my brother, he had to figure out how to do life without me once I graduated. And here's the amazing thing, he did a great job. Did a great job. We were at the same college for, for his freshman year, and then he transferred to the University of Northwestern in St. Paul, and he did great. So when we are followers of Jesus, we have to understand that by the Holy Spirit, we can stand on our own two feet, empowered by the Holy Spirit, strengthened by the Holy Spirit to live the life that God has called and purposed for us to live. Not a life that simply waits for heaven, but a life that makes a difference here on earth. And so when, we, when, when I think about Jesus either being with me, again, I, I just have this tendency of it, I just would love for Jesus just to be here. But in John chapter 16, verse 7, Jesus says to his disciples, he says, but I tell you the truth, it is good for you that I am going away. Unless I go, the paracletos, the helper, the intercessor, the counselor, the advocate, the comforter, the Holy Spirit, or, or this person, the counselor, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. It's, such a, it's, it's, it's best for you that I go. Because if I'm not here, I think it's just amazing that Jesus is ultimately saying, I'm going to give someone better than me. I'm going to send someone better than me who will dwell within you and will never leave you or forsake you. He is sending his, his presence, his spirit to live within us. God's presence, the Holy Spirit. It's just, it's just. And so this morning I want us to look at specifically what does the Holy Spirit do? I believe in the life of, of the non-believer, the non-follower of Jesus. And the follower of Jesus. And like I said, next week we'll dive into the power of the Holy Spirit to equip us to live supernatural lives in a very natural world. So if you've ever wondered then why do I seem to be not taking ground in areas that I feel like, man, be here next week. Be here next week. 
But what the, the Holy Spirit does is he gives us, the Bible says, talks about the fact that he gives us spiritual gifts. He gives some of us the gift of faith, the gift of healing, the gift of prophecy. So to some he gives the gift of wisdom, the gift of speaking in other tongues. The Holy Spirit gives us a spiritual fruit. So when the world is going crazy around us, or your world is going crazy around you, we can still function in the fruits of the Spirit, which are, I'm not going to ask my mom to do it, she'll sing it. Uh, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness and self-control. These are the fruits that should be evident in the life of every believer. But when we look at the church today, when I look at my life as a follower of Jesus today, if you look at your life as a follower of Jesus today, sometimes it's hard to see a difference between us and everyone else. I hate Christianity during politics. Hate it. Because if I wasn't a Christian, why on earth would I want to be? How we speak to each other. How we speak to other people. And here's the deal. I don't care about what you think about any candidate. But here's the deal. They have the imago day, the imprint of God on their lives. So you don't have to agree with I'm not saying you do. But how are we different? In every aspect. Not just in aspects that are easy, but how are we in every aspect? If the world is going to see Jesus, then we are called to be different. We are called to be distinguished. We are called to be set apart. When I see myself, sometimes I, I, I look at my life and I'm like, God, why are my prayers not being answered? Have you ever asked that question before? God, why are my prayers not being answered? God, why do I see other people making it through way more difficult situations than I'm going through right now? Why are they walking with a joy and a peace and, 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 a, and a compassion in the midst of their life? Why am I seeing that? Well, because because sometimes I think we, we haven't fully tapped into who the Holy Spirit is, the Holy Spirit's power. And so therefore, I think we are living a, a spirit-less life rather than a spirit-filled life, which is, is, is how the God intended for us to. And so um, just to give you two quick points, I don't want to dive too far into it because we're definitely going to touch on it next week. But, um, but why are people today living spirit-less lives? I think it comes down to two main reasons. The first reason is this, and we'll hit these really quick. I think some people just aren't aware of the Holy Spirit. I just think some people are not aware of the Holy Spirit. In Acts chapter 19, Paul is having a, no, it's, um, yeah, Paul is having a conversation with some, some believers in Ephesus, and, and I just, I'll encourage you to read it on your own, but there's basically this, this question he asks, he goes, well, have you been baptized in the Holy Spirit? They say, no, we've been baptized. And he goes, well, who baptized? He says, it's Paul. He goes, we don't even know if the Holy Spirit was there. We don't even know about the Holy Spirit. And so sometimes I think people function in a spirit-less life rather than a spirit-filled life because there's just a lack of understanding that there is a Holy Spirit. And point number two is, is sometimes we live a spirit-less life because some of us are simply resisting the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will move you to places that you never intended to go, to do things that you never intended to do, to become a person that you never intended to be. Because oftentimes, I know for me at eight years old, I used Jesus or as fire insurance because hell sounded really scary. So Jesus, I'm going to give you my life, but don't use my life. Jesus, I'm going to give you my 
I'm going to trust you with my eternity, but I'm not going to give you today. You know? Um, the Holy Spirit, here's the do that. No, I don't want to do that because that, that's, that would be uncomfortable. Or do it then, but you know what? That's actually a little easier than the way that I was planning on going, and so I'm going to do this. So when the Holy Spirit says to do it, sometimes we don't, and when the Holy Spirit says don't, we do. And we're, we all often get into the practice of simply just resisting the Holy Spirit. Now, here's the deal. You resist Him long enough, and your heart will become hard to the leadings of the Holy Spirit. It's like when, so Jen, my wife, she loves making out with me. Loves it. Loves, 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 loves. I'm going to repeat this so everybody understands this is a joke. Loves, 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 loves making out with me. And when she wakes up, she goes, brush your teeth because it is make out time. And, it's, it, and so, you're so like, what's up, brush my teeth? I'm going to spit, I'm going to do it twice because she does that with her, she rinses it, she shampoos, rinses it, and her piece and I accommodate my wife by making out with her nonstop. So let's say Jen continues, and all of a sudden I become resistant. You know what I mean? Like, I become resistant to her advances. But babe, I'm a person with needs. I just want to talk. Can we just, can we just talk as people? You know? I'm not just this fluffy, there, whatever. Um, but. I think there's a certain point that we have to understand that if we resist for long enough, and if we decline too often, here's the deal, this is marriage advice and Holy Spirit advice. If you resist for too long, then the leadings will stop. And sometimes as Christians, we live a spiritless life because we are just too in, too in habits of resisting the Holy Spirit. So why are people living a spirit-less life? Again, we'll, we'll dive into this a lot next week. But some are simply not aware. Others have become very skilled at resisting the Holy Spirit. And so for the time that we have remaining, I want to just talk on two or three very simple ways, very different ways, very specific ways that the Holy Spirit ministers to us as individuals. The first way, if you're taking notes, is this. The Holy Spirit, he will comfort you. The Holy Spirit is called a comforter. He will comfort you when you are hurting. In, in John chapter 14, verse 16, in the King James Version, the translation of, of Paracleto says, he says, And I, Jesus says, will pray to the Father, and he will give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. This is the presence of God, the Holy Spirit. And what amazes me, what I am just so continually amazed by, is that no matter what face we put on as we walk into church, and no matter whatever game we like to play to make everyone think we're fine, how many of us know that no matter what mask we put on, the Holy Spirit begins to minister to us, minister to us and comfort us behind whatever wall we begin to put up? And I can promise you, and I was praying about this this morning as we went through these three points, that no matter who you are, no matter what you're going through, no matter what face you walk in with today, if you are hurting, would the Holy Spirit begin to minister and comfort you right now? And if you would make yourself available, I believe that right now you will begin to feel the comforting presence of the Holy Spirit in whatever circumstances you're in. The comforting peace and presence of God, the Holy Spirit. The second thing, if you're taking notes, is the Holy Spirit can 
and will also counsel you. He is your counselor. He is our guide. We don't know what to do in certain circumstances of life. He can and will direct us. The scriptures say in John chapter 16, verse 13, it says, Jesus says, and when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. You do not know what to do, and so you just start praying, and the Holy Spirit will give you direction. He gives you wisdom. He can give you discernment. He can give you just a supernatural sort of insight into what's going to happen in the future, what, what, what road to take, what job to take, what business venture to go through. If we just take time and allow the Holy Spirit to counsel us, He will do that because it's one who He says He is, and God never goes back on who He says He is. And when, as, as followers of Jesus, when we are aware of the Spirit's presence and voice in our life, we can go throughout whatever day knowing that the Spirit is with us and speaking to us. I, I have seen this lived out for the last 20 years through the, through the guy that I paint for, David and his wife, Teresa, they're not here right now, they're in a uh, red wing uh, ministering to juveniles in a, in a prison ministry, so it's amazing. But here's the thing, I, I have known Dave for a long time. Got to ride in a lot of bands with him. And there's moments where we'll stop and, and, and we'll get coffee in the morning. And Dave just has cash. And it's like, whoa! Like, I'm thinking, man, lunch is going to be awesome today. Like, he's going to pay for lunch because, man, there's 20s and there's 50s in there. I mean, this is, this is a good day to be a painter. And then it never comes back to me. And, and, but what Dave has done is what he does is he gets up every morning and he simply has this moment, okay, Holy Spirit, where are you leading me today? Who are you leading me to? Now, if you're a college student, get to know Dave. Because you can be who he's leading, so I'm just letting you know. If he listens to this, or don't say that I've said that. But, but it's amazing how often I will see Dave um, just through the wisdom and the counsel of the Holy Spirit bless somebody else, uh, be able to jump onto a solid deal over a piece of machinery that either broke down or wasn't working and all of a sudden he just came across and we were supposed to go to this paint store which was a little further away than the one that was closer but there's something he just goes no I think we're supposed to go to this one and all of a sudden God just begins to, to, to move miraculously through his dealings I mean I've seen some amazing things over the last 20 years and I have seen them because I have witnessed someone be submissive to the counsel of the Holy Spirit that he is in constant awareness of the Spirit's working, not just in his life, but in the lives of other people. In Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21, I, lo I love this picture. It says this. The prophet Isaiah says, Whenever you turn to the right or to the left, your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, This is the way. Walk in it. The voice of the Spirit. He will want to comfort you. And he will counsel you. And the third thing is, this is the thing that we don't like, which I sometimes I think we are in habit of resisting the Holy Spirit, is the third thing is the Holy Spirit will convict you. John chapter 16, verse 8 says, But when he, the Holy Spirit, comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. And I strongly feel in my heart this morning that there are some of you who are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now. You are under the conviction of the Holy Spirit right now, and you are so resistant 
Because all you have concluded is that the Holy Spirit will convict you so you simply feel bad. See, the purpose of conviction is not to have you simply feel bad. That's guilt. Guilt and conviction are two different things. Guilt, feel bad, sit it, melt a bad five minutes for a bad five weeks. But conviction, when we allow the Holy Spirit to convict us in the way that He does, it moves us from where we are to where God would want us to be. It moves us from a place of complacency to a place of, of righteousness and understanding. And so conviction at its purest form is God loving you enough to not leave you where you are, but having to put believing in the purpose in which he created you for to move you beyond here to get you to there. I, I, so I, I'm bipolar, deal with depression, deal with cutting and I don't mean the yada, yada, yada. People are dealing with depression and cutting, but it's been a long time, so for me it's a yada, yada, yada. Um, and there was such a time where I kept telling people, man, I'm just dealing with depression. I'm just dealing with depression. Well, here's the thing. No, I wasn't. If I was dealing with depression, I'd be making forward progress. But what was happening is depression was dealing with me. The same thing comes with conviction. Hi, Ellie. How are you? You got taller. All of a sudden, there was just a beautiful little two-year-old standing there. How was I not going to say hi to her? Um, but when the conviction of the Holy Spirit comes, and if we are in sync with the Spirit, when we do things that we're not supposed to, or walk down the roads that we're not supposed to, then we should be aware of the Holy Spirit's conviction, and it's a reroute. You know, when you do the GPS, you miss your turn, it gives you that annoying voice, that annoying ding, and you're like, I get it, I get it, I know, I know. But it's just that reminder, hey, there's a reroute coming, or there's a reroute available. That conviction is, is God's reroute process in our lives. Not that we would simply stay and feel bad, but that we would redirect and repurpose. And so this morning, I think that, I think as people, as individuals, um, also I think that, the, uh, just touch on, if you're not a Christian in this place, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, I believe the Holy Spirit is convicting you to, and drawing you to him. The amazing thing about the conviction of the Holy Spirit is it works in the life of the believer and the life of the non-believer. And so if you're in this place this morning, what I want to ask you is, who do you need the Holy Spirit to be for you right now? I want to invite the worship team up. And, 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 but that's my question to us this morning. Is who do you need the Holy Spirit to be in your world right now? Do you need him to be your comforter? Do you need him to... And the best way to put it, do you just need him to just wrap you up in his presence and just whisper gently in your ear, it's going to be okay? Do you need him to be your, your counselor? Are there decisions that you are need to make in your life that you're like, man, I need to make the right decision on this? If you open yourself up to the Holy Spirit, and He will counsel you. He will direct you. Again, just Isaiah, when you turn to the right or to the left, 
Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. Or are you in this place right now and, and, and you don't want the Holy Spirit to be when the Holy Spirit is convicting you right now? It can be for a variety of different reasons. It can be over something that you've done or something that you're in the process of doing. It can be a decision you made. It can be a continual decision that you keep making. Or is it the fact that you're just far from God and His kindness and His mercy and His love, which His conviction is drawing you back to Himself? Because here's the thing I know about God. God is a gentleman. And he will not force himself upon any circumstance. Which leads us to a very difficult crossroads together. Are you so good at resisting the Holy Spirit that your heart has become hard to where he's leading? Here's the deal. Don't resist for too long. Holy Spirit to ministry today. I just want to invite everyone. We just stand and we just close your eyes. And just as a simple sign of saying, God, I'm available, I'm open. We just open your hands. God, there are people in this place that I know need to feel your presence with them. They need a reminder, God, that you are still with them. That you, when you said that you will never leave them nor forsake them, that God you meant it. The Holy Spirit, we need you to minister to us today. God, I pray for those who need you to be their comfort. God, would you comfort them? Would you whisper in their ear that you're not done with them yet, and they're not done, but you've still got greater things in store for them than what they're going through right now? God, for those who need you to be their counselor, they need to know what decision to make. God, would you just begin, like Isaiah said, would you just begin to whisper behind them what world they should take? Would you give their heart an inclination, God, to what steps they're supposed to walk down? And God, for those who are under your conviction right now, God, I say thank you. I say thank you. Because, God, your conviction is a sign that you love us. And so, God, for those who are being convicted of something they've done, or, God, there are people's hearts that are being convicted and drawn back to you because they're living life without you. God, would you meet them exactly where they're at? Would you meet them with whatever needs that they bring? And, God, would you minister so powerfully and so perfectly and so directly that, God, at the end of this, it would simply be changed for an afternoon. But God, that our lives will be changed by the glory and fame of Jesus forever. So church, wherever you're at this morning, whatever you're dealing with, with eyes closed and hands open, would you just ask? Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to come and minister to Once again, thank you for listening to the Motion City Church Podcast. We want to be able to walk with you and beside you as you go throughout life. So if you ever have a need for prayer, we want to be able to pray with you. Please email us at motioncityprayer at gmail.com. We would also love to have you join us in person next week. We meet on Sunday mornings at 1030 a.m. at Fallwell School of Performing Arts. We hope you have a fantastic week.